Welcome everyone to the Three-Eyed Hogcast. I'm your host Nick Demas, aka the Three-Eyed Hog, aka the Tuesday Morning Left Tackle, aka Air Brisket. With me is my good buddy Eric Swanson, aka the Dirty Swan. We're coming to you respectively from New York City and Philadelphia. I am uh, recording this in my roommate's bedroom he uh he's got great acoustics in here um i hear him singing himself to sleep all the time um so that's where we are swanson's in his apartment in philadelphia say hi swan hello everyone what's going on so uh so we're super excited to uh to get going on this and uh you know translate the three-eyed hog into audio form um you can listen to this on your morning commutes, at work, while avoiding your responsibilities, etc., etc. You know, do whatever you want. Just a little bit of background on me and the Swan. Uh, I'm from Chicago. You all know that. Swan, tell us about your background, your history. Give us a little background. I'm from the shores of the greatest Lake Erie in northwestern Pennsylvania. Um, I also played football at Penn with the three-eyed hog and uh have been in philadelphia ever since yep we uh we got our roots in philly at this point swanee is a steelers fan through and through i'm a big bears fan um some of you might be wondering why the hell would you guys put yourselves out there after the abysmal week one showing of the chicago bears and the pittsburgh steelers on national television Swan, it is a weird thing, right? Like, what what the hell are we doing? <laughs> we, it's funny too because we both got uh, laugh, we had the pleasure to be laughed at by Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels on Thursday and Sunday double dipping. Is it not? Is it not the most demeaning thing of all time to just have like Chris Collinsworth just shitting on you for three straight hours? <laughs> it's not a fun time, to say it to say the least. But anyways. We're, we're working on a buy low, sell high mentality here. Um, you're going to catch us at our most miserable. And uh, that way, at the end of the season, when uh, we both have first-round buys, uh, we're going to be laughing at everyone's face. So just keep that in mind. Um, we're, we're buying low. Like we're selling high. It's, just, it's like Bitcoin, but reversed. Right? <laughs> All right, now let's uh, let's take a review of what we're going to cover in this show. You know, we're both kind of new to this, so uh, bear with us as we kind of chug our way along here. Um, so this is going to follow most of the same segments as what the Three-Eyed Hog covers. Um, we're going to intro with kind of a, a summary of, you know, news of the week. A couple segments about various things that we find interesting, that we want to, you know, kind of bullshit about, um, as you'd expect. Um, we're going to hopefully bring on some guests from around the league throughout the season. Um, you know, we'd like to get uh, get some of our pals on here and give us their takes on, you know, their various teams that they root for, play for, whatever it might be, etc. Um, so that, that should be pretty interesting as we go along here. 
we're going to go into games of the week. So we're going to cover um, not just kind of what we think about the game holistically, but we're going to take picks um, against the spread. You'll get a, a look into our dumb brains as we try to justify certain things um, and you know certain factors around a game that, that might affect the outcome here. We're also going to go through, um, you know, kind of like a competition style, like me versus Swanson, you know, kind of gambling uh, tournament throughout the season. And, you know, I'm 3-1 and one so far this season. We'll scratch that from the record as far as the, the you know, the ongoing competition goes. But just remember that. Put that in the back of your head. And the one I lost was like a preseason game, you know. Swan, you can't, you can't count that Bears game against me, can you? I mean, <laughs> we're counting. Okay, we're counting. All right. Okay. Whatever. So in our competition, we're 0-0 as of today. Uh, first official segment. Watch out, Swan. We got the first official segment of the Three-Eyed Hog cast. We're announcing the beverage of the week here. Um, not only are we going to be, uh, you know, lubing up a little bit with a couple, couple sodas throughout the podcast. Again, it's our first time doing this. And... My heart's beating out of my chest, Swanson. How about you? Would you get nerves? Tell me this isn't like a pregame nervousness that you're feeling right now. Um, I, uh, I'm dialed in. All right, kids my locked in. Here. Kids locked in. I, I got to have a couple Coors Lights just because uh, that's the beverage of the week. We got to start low and then build up. Um, if we were to start with, you know, like some sort of double coffee IPA, first week we'd have to keep climbing the ladder there and we'd be drinking malort by week six and then we'd be you know in a hospital by week nine so we gotta start we gotta start with the baseline so we're doing Coors Lights um beverage of the week if you know any beer distributors manufacturers producers etc feel free to send them our way we're open for advertisements in this segment um we will uh, we'll, we'll whore ourselves out for a very cheap price. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so beverage of the week, Coors Light. We're starting off hot. Um, drink Coors Light. Free ad. Okay, um, and we're all, again another part of this swan. Do we expect to be very good at this at first? <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. So this might take us a couple takes, and you know who knows what types of hijinks we'll get into after you know however long it takes us to film this. You know, yeah. I have a couple sodas down, and you're going to want to stay, long story short, you're going to want to stay tuned towards the end, because uh, you never know what you're going to get here. All right, on to our topics of the day. Let's start off with a little bit of world news. Uh, we'll play some sort of CNN sound bit here, okay? Swan, you got that on, on lockdown? Okay. So, we, uh, we'll get into world news. So, big news today, obviously, dominated the news cycle, was... Um, the banning of flavored vaping products, okay? You know, what else would we be concerned about in our society nowadays? Um, so, news comes out. Jewel Mango gets banned, right? We're spending time and money on this. It's crazy. Um, and there starts to become speculation about, you know, what was the impetus for banning this, right? Who knows what it was, right? Could have been any number of things. There's like six deaths recently, right? Well, turns out uh, we just got a news report uh, from like Politico or something on my Twitter feed saying that Melania 
is kind of the brainchild of this, right? So what really happened here, right, Swan? I mean, you tell me what happened. Give me the timeline of how this whole executive order went down. I'm sure Barron got caught jeweling and <laughs> Ma- <laughs> Mama Trump is grounding the entire fucking country. <laughs> you heard it. We're all banned. We're all grounded. And uh, we're going to go have to sit in the basement with no electronics for the next, uh, you know, however long until someone finds a workaround to this whole thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to keep ourselves entertained. I mean, I'm sure half the country's going to get back onto the organic jewel. And uh, the other half is going to start throwing in lips, you know, and that's just the way it's going to be. So, um, so congrats. I mean, look, that's, that's some real change. Thank God, Swanson. Thank God you and I threw our jewels out into the Schuylkill three, three weeks ago. It was a long time coming. To anyone listening out there that would like to quit their jewel, if you just throw it away, you won't. You will, you'll go through withdrawal before you'll spend 40 more dollars on a jewel. Yeah. <laughs> Except you did, you bought probably $200 worth of new jewels. Yeah, I don't know. The number's, the number's up in the air. First three months of them existing. The number is up in the air, okay? It's, <laughs> no one's checking. This is not a recorded statistic on ESPN.com or anything. Um, but look, good news. It's done. It's easier than it looks to get off the thing. Just throw it in the garbage. And uh, that's our message to the, to the listeners here. Just toss it in the trash. We're all grounded anyways. We don't want a SWAT team coming to our door enforcing this executive order. So, you know, just toss it out. Okay. We're, we're past that. Political world news aside, we covered all we need to cover. Okay. I'd like to bring up a, a soft... Sorry point for my friend, the Dirty Swan, over here. Um, We had a uh, little bit of a fantasy football showdown this past week. Not going to get into the gory details. But, in fact, I'll let... You tell him what happened, man. You tell him what happened. All I can can remember is Derrick Henry running wild and uh, me breaking down in tears. Yeah. It wasn't. I, I stink. Yeah, you say that again. Now, have the fun in this whole thing, right? In the league, I mean, okay. So fantasy football exists for a couple reasons, right? People like to show their chops, pick up players, waiver wire, be all crafty and whatnot. But I think half the reason this whole thing is fun is because it gives you a chance to banter, right? It just gives another topic for concentrated banter in the college group me's, with your high school buddies, in the office, right? An atmosphere where people just love to argue with each other. And and fantasy gives a good outlet for that. So, I mean, and the trash talk goes right along with that. So, obviously, me and my co-manager, we did a little bit of trashing of Swanson. I mean, as is rightfully so. Things will correct themselves, though. It's the preseason, technically. It's the preseason, yeah, technically. September really is the new preseason. It's the new preseason. So, I, look, fantasy football, you you got beat down in week one, I give you a free pass, okay? Um, yeah. Swanson, I don't give you a free pass. Um, I did kick your ass fair and square. But, you know, anyone listening, just know, week one doesn't really count, even though it does count, but we can, we can, we can look past it. No loss is ever as bad in week one as it looks, and no win is ever as good as it looks in week one. So, so let's get into, uh, into a little anecdotal segment of the, uh, of the pod here. Um, we both, you know, it's the first weekend of NFL football. We've got 
you know, everyone's blood's flowing. Everyone's all worked up about the first time they get to truly sit in front of a TV screen for 48 straight hours and consume the glorious gift to man that George Hellas, Papa Bear himself, granted us, which is the game of football on the large national scale. Swanson, tell me about how you spent your weekend. About my weekend, I, uh, Saturday, I woke up fairly hungover around noon, made myself some breakfast, and watched the Michigan Wolverines somehow remember how to play football, I guess, against the, uh, the Hate the Troops, Harbaugh. Yeah, that's an important uh, thing to consider. Does does week to be unpatriotic. Does Harbaugh hate but, the troops for beating Army in such a fashion? It's possible. Yeah, well, he and uh, he he basically Dennis system the the Army football team. Should just went out and beat their ass. He inspired hope. He did. It's false hope. False hope hurts the most of them all, you know. And uh, you said it right. They remembered how to play football, though barely. But they did remember eventually. They figured it out to a certain extent. And uh, they pulled out the victory, which surprising to some, but it was based on that first half. Michigan, it's, good, it's just going to be another year of Michigan being, like, decent, I guess. And they'll, like, kick the shit out of Penn State. But Justin Fields and the boys at Ohio State put, they put, like, 50 on them last year with Haskins. I think Fields might even be... Like, I don't know if he's a better quarterback, but he's a more dynamic quarterback, and at least on the college level, that'll be... Um, that'll be valuable, be yeah. More difficult to defend. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Harbaugh was one 50-yard field goal by a freshman who'd never kicked in a game before away from losing his job promptly after that Army game. So, who knows what another 50-point yeah. beatdown to Ohio State will look like for him, but uh, if that happens... I don't feel too strongly about his. Uh, yeah, what, what was pretty familiar. What was the scene in Philadelphia on Sunday with those uh, prick Eagles fans? I don't remember much of the <laughs> Saturday evening, but Sunday morning woke up bright and early, made it to the South Philly complex at um, the ass crack of dawn. Got it popping. The Redskins somehow. Didn't get slaughtered the entire game. They rolled over and uh, called the Eagles daddy in the in the second half. But what was it a 17 point lead that they jumped out to? 17 nothing early on. Yeah. Redskins are up. So, Philly, somehow they did that. The Philly fans are beginning to veer in one of two directions. One drunken um, aggression. Right? We've seen the videos of the Philly fans. They beat up a player on the Sixers, which is heinous. Um, so that's one way they went. The other way they went was probably just like falling asleep uh, on their couches, just piss drunk and, uh, you know, just doing, doing what Philly you guys do, you know, which is, which is fine. Look, do what you need to do. I, I, st- I still feel like I did both, and it's 72 hours past. It's good, it's good, to, it's good to fit both in, you know. Just have a little bit of have a little bit of variety on your Sunday, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I brown on Sunday, <laughs> but it's been a while since uh, the Super Bowl. So yeah, they're still hanging. On, they're still hanging on to the to the to the old Super Bowl from uh, 2017. Eagles fans won't let go of it. 
you know, hopefully they can uh, move past it and become uh, become modern fans that don't have to latch on to one Super Bowl uh, for the rest of their existence. Because Bears fans <laughs> would never even fathom doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be terrible. That would be out of line. I couldn't even imagine. Um, yeah, ma'am. I was uh, I was b- bouncing around. It was a football centric weekend for me too. It's back at the Bears Packers on Thursday night. Made some tacos, made some jalapeno poppers at the tailgate. Vibes were electric. Um, I, all in all, a, a great experience, a blast. We lost. I lost my voice. Um, Mitch had a tough time. But, hey, you know, it's like, look, the Bears, pre, it was preseason. It was preseason week one. The offensive line played like trash in the first half. Um and the defense played fantastic because they had the little caged animal type thing going on. I'm looking past it, right? I'm on to week two. We're on, we're on to Seattle. We're on to Denver. We're, uh, we're, we're going to be just fine. So, anyways, that was the Bears game on Thursday night. Went back to my high school's football game on Friday night. It was great. You go back to a high school football game, it's like teleporting in time back to a very comfortable, familiar, nostalgic point in time. I don't know. Have you been back to any uh, any cathedral prep games, Swanee? Uh, a couple playoff games. They're actually playing um, St. Edwards from Cleveland this weekend, and both of them they're both nationally ranked at this point. Yeah. So that should be a farm burner. Yeah, that'll be a good one. St. Ed's. We have a couple a uh, couple pen alums from there, including one Trenton Rivera, legendary number sixty three, yeah. center, yeah. right guard. Uh, Trent, one of the best guys. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it's like taking it. It's going in. Won, uh, I think he won a state title when he was there. I believe he did. He flashed his like little tiny high school championship ring. Hey, you got to be proud of it. So anyways, going back to those high school games is like a teleporting into a picture of the past. It's so much fun to put yourself in the kids' shoes. Imagine how excited they are. It's awesome. So then Saturday, flew back, plopped on the couch. Watched Michigan almost lose. I was praying for it. I love the drama. You gotta love the military academies. You have to love them. Caught that AM game. Uh, Uncle Jake's pick of the week from last week's Three Eyed Hog hit AM plus 17. They lost by 14. They barely pulled it out. Um, they looked like crap, but it was a 14 point game. And. Um, they they pulled it out, so we're gonna we're gonna keep riding with Uncle Jake. And if you don't keep betting the horses on uh, on Jake's picks, you're a fool. Um, so so Anna pulled that one out, and then I had to go. I went to a gala on Saturday night. Can you believe that, Swanson? A gala? <laughs> I cannot. On this enormous football weekend, I go to a gala. Well, whatever. It was it was a thing. It was a lot of fun, and I was checking Texas LSU. I probably watched like let's just say like seventy percent of the game on my phone, unbeknownst to my date. Um, which was one of the all-time scheme jobs of all time. I mean, that's you got to be impressed by that, you know. Um, so I caught I caught most of that game. Great game. Texas is Texas is so exciting when they're good when they're on the national stage. And then they're back. They're, I mean, they're they're back, but they're are they back back if they lose at home on Saturday night? They tough. actually they actually will never be back until they like win a national title. Yeah. No. They're going to continuously climb the back ladder where each subsequent milestone in a program's progression to a national championship will denote another stage of them being back until they finally win it all. And then, you know, and then they'll finally get the monkey off their back, right? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep... 
It's just a series of monkeys on backs, it's back a, doors. It's a series of it's a, back ladders. It's monkeys on backs on ladders on you know on football fields, and it's uh, they're 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 making their way. They're making their way to the promised land. So you love to see it. Um, they'll be good the rest of the season. They will be good. The game, the Red River Shootout, will be awesome against Oklahoma. And, uh, oh, we got to tune in. We got to tune in into the NFL. So Lamar Mania. We got Lamar Mania going on. Um, Lamar goes for an ungodly amount of yardage, uh, five touchdowns, and the guy looked like, frankly, Swan. You tell me. You were watching the game too. He was playing a JV defense. That shit doesn't the, the way that they scored doesn't happen against an NFL defense. So let's take this all with a grain of salt, right? They're running slam pattern seventy yards. It's it's insane. I don't know what. How high are you on Lamar? Like what do you what? At this rate, he's throwing for seventy touchdowns by the end of the season, right? And like that's obviously not realistic. But what do you think? What do you think he's on track for this season? What, if you had to say. Like numbers wise, what would you put him at at the end of the season? Uh, I mean, numbers wise, he already threw five. So if you if you see him honestly throwing at least thirty five, thirty five more every game from here on out. Yeah, you look at the defenses in the AFC North, which he's got six games against. Bengals not very good. Browns, yeah, evidently not, not, not very too, good. Not too worried about the. I mean, none of those. Like the only, the only defense in the AFC North that's any damn good is the defense that also plays on his team. So yeah, exactly. So hey, he could put up some numbers. Thirty-five, I think, is more likely than like a, a Mahomes-esque season, which is not exactly a hot take. Um, <laughs> what I will say is, if, if I were playing quarterback, it's what. Swan, if I were playing quarterback for a team that played the Dolphins every week, what would my stats be at the end of the, at the end of the season? Put me on the Ravens, and we're, yeah, and it's no, Ravens I, Dolphins I, I, week I, one through sixteen. You could probably break like the I mean Baker Mayfield tied the rookie season record last year with twenty seven. Like yeah, be a piece of cake. I could do that one hundred percent. I do it by week six. I, you know, I think if you, I think I could break like Randy Moss's record if you threw it to me. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I hey, I, w- I would love to see it. Now the problem is the athleticism. They're so, God, they are so bad. They're so you bad. Know that, and what I will say that Lamar looked really good, but the same Dolphins team let RG three in the two thousand nineteenth year of the Lord go six for six for fifty five yards and a score. RG3 might be the next guy in the block. You know, it's like, hey, one other quarterback goes down around the league. We might have an RG3 start sighting at starter one of these days. Yeah. It's possible. Jacksonville. Jacksonville, look, if, if, if our next segment, uh, two segments from now, if Gardner doesn't do the trick, it might be it might be RG3 time. But anyways, let's just say I go for 4,030 touchdowns in a season where I'm on the Ravens and I'm playing the Miami Dolphins each and every week. I don't. I think that's conservative too. Honestly, I think I could sling it around. I know I had a big belly freshman year of high school, Swanson. So they threw me on the line because um, you know that's what they do with fat kids. But uh, but hey, I I still got a rocket. I could I could have done it. I could have won state if I played quarterback. I'm maintaining that to this day. So anyways, the Dolphins stink. Lamar good. 
we'll see what he can do against a against a real team this week in Arizona. Oh wait, another fake team. Okay, let's. We'll all step back. We'll we'll wait till week three till he uh, till we evaluate him. Uh, Antonio Brown, your estranged mistress, Mister Steeler fan. <laughs> what do we put the likelihood of A B? Playing 15 regular season games in a Patriots uniform at this season, at this moment. What is it? Um, I would put it at, um, I like 66% of the time. I would say there's a good third chance that, because I think it simply depends on the insanity of Roger Goodell and if, um, if some more outlandish shit comes out. He could definitely be um, pressured into placing Antonio on an exempt list or whatever list that he makes up, I guess. He's pretty much just the um, he's, he's just the dictator throwing darts at a dartboard at this point. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So you put it at 66% that he plays every game in a Patriots uniform for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's unlikely that Goodell does anything, but... Yeah, it's one of those cases. Like you said, it's throwing darts at a dartboard at this point. And he's been a little bit more staunchy and consistent in the past couple years with suspending people for these off-the-field transgressions. I'd put it probably at like a 40% chance... 30 to 40% chance that he plays every game for the rest of the season with the Patriots... And look, you guys might all be saying, hey, you are you guys are idiots, that's way too high, like he's going to do something. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. Um, I also think there's an element of, it sounds, you know, despicable, disgusting, use all the adjectives. Dell is known for a spotty record in terms of um, applying punishment to these types of things. I, I think there's a chance he gets off scot-free, and I, I don't think you can discount that. However, even if he does get off scot-free from this one, and doesn't get put on the exempt list. They don't sentence him to a suspension. What's the next step? Like, four days from now, you know, he's going to be caught, like, wasted in a Southie bar in Boston, <laughs> throwing punches at some kid from, you know, Lincoln Mass. And what are we going to do then? You know, like, the guy, the guy is a walking violation. And he's had a history of domestic issues, uh, notably throwing furniture off of his balcony in Miami in some sort of altercation with a baby mama. I don't know, Swanson. The guy yeah. the guy's got a screw Sweet. loose. The guy's got more screws loose than the freaking IKEA furniture we had at the stoop back in college that was probably ten dollars off the street. Right? Like he's 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 holding it on by a thread. Yeah, I mean I've definitely gone like a hundred down McKnight Road and I've thrown a couple couches at baby mamas before, so <laughs> I won't throw any stones. Yeah, let's not throw stones in a glass house here. I forgot about that. Yeah, so let's say he, he's got a minimal chance of like playing the rest of the season. He's going to be an impact player. But the guy's... Oh, a, my God. I mean, he's going to be I, good. I, I'm an AB owner in my one league, and I've just been on a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of emotions. And I, I hope the best for the accuser. She deserves justice. I think that it's a serious crime. Like We obviously aren't trying to make light of that. We're just trying to make light of the fact that the, the commissioner is fully arbitrary in a lot of the things that he does. And I feel bad for the girl, too, because, you know, if she had come out with this 
at any time other than one when like it's just one of a laundry list of issues that this guy has had but instead you have guys like us like you know speculating on when the next big story is coming out rather than you know uh being pensive about what what this what this girl actually went through so hope the best for the girl antonio you're a freaking clown anyways enough of enough of that um on the later things gardner Minshew, man i love this guy man this guy comes in nick Foles, broken clavicle and which is like you know i haven't seen someone break their clavicle since since freaking what, what was the grandma's name and uh napoleon dynamite no, nah, those are cockics. Anyways, you don't see many broken clavicles, especially not um, even in the game of football, which is, you know, obviously, as we know, quite the violent sport. So, breaks his clavicle, not as cockics. Gardner Minshew comes in, rocking a stash straight out of the 80s. In this analogy, let's go. Let's bring it back to Napoleon Dynamite. He's got the Uncle Rico stash. It's epic, okay? It's a sweet stash. You can't not root for this guy, right? Yeah. He's about to throw it over the mountains over there. Yeah, look, he's going to throw it over some mountains. He's playing in Houston. There aren't many mountains in Houston, but we'll see what he can do this weekend against the Texans. Um, and what I want to point out about Gardner Minshew's stash is the, the kid has stuck with it since college, right? So let me take it back. Spring 2018, he slotted to uh, back up Tua Tagovailoa. And Jalen Hurts at Alabama. He's going to be the third stringer in Nick Saban's offense, right? And this kid comes in, and Mike Leach dangles a little fruit, forbidden fruit in front of him that is the five widespread offense up in uh, Spokane. Convinces him to come to uh, Washington State. He goes up, he plays for the Cougs. He's rocking the stash. It's an awesome stash. You got to go look at the stash if you haven't seen it yet. Gardner Minshew, and uh, he comes in hot, and, and the guy, um, the guy, he's looking good, and the one thing I respect about it is he has kept it through thick and thin, even through trying to make an NFL roster, and you see these other posers around the league rocking these fake mustaches, right? Uh, you see... You know, Aaron Rodgers doing it as part of his old shtick where he tries to be this likable guy, even though we all know that, like, his family hates him and everything, right? Um, you know, and we got Antonio Brown pulling off this blonde mustache just looking like a clown. Um, and that's all, it's all fashion, right? It's all fashion. Now, Gardner is good old-fashioned, tough as nails, good old boy rocking the power stash. And I appreciate it. He pulls it off almost as well as you do, Swanson. Almost, just almost as well. Thank you. Yeah, it get, I mean, it gets to a point where it's, um, yeah, it's definitely not a fashion statement. It's just more or less a, a lifestyle. Oh, completely, completely. It's a lifestyle. He's living it every day. He's living in the dirty south down in Jacksonville. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a hero of the town. If he plays like he played against Kansas City, he's gonna be a hero in that town. He has yeah. some. He has, rent is due every day. Rent's due every day, and this guy's paying up. And rent's not that expensive in Jacksonville either. So, like, if he puts out something along the lines of what he did on Sunday, what did he put up? Uh, he was like, uh, what was he? He was twenty-two for twenty-five. That's awesome, right? 
Wow. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Seven. That's that's uh, better than that's like eighty-eight percent completion. Two hundred seventy-five yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Right. The guy had an objectively very good game, and uh, against the Chiefs defense, not that good. But look, we're on the Gardner Minshew train. This is a Gardner Minshew podcast. Um, I'm gonna start growing out my stash. In fact, uh, and the one thing, I, the other thing I'll say across the AFC South, Quentin Nelson. Check out his Instagram story. It might still be up by the time you're listening to this. He just he just shaved his facial hair, which is a bit. It's questionable facial hair. Guy's got a baby face. Can't hold it against him. Um, but he just shaved a sweet Fu Manchu, right? And so my prayer, you know, Quentin, if you're listening to this, which you probably are, because I, uh, I talked to you at that bar in Scottsdale back in February, and I'm sure that you've been an avid reader ever since. Um, <laughs> don't shave the stash just because of some societal pressures. Keep the stash. You look good. Um, be more like Gardner, be less like Aaron Rodgers. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. All right. So Gardner Minshew, stud. Let's, uh, as we move into our picks of the week here, um, I first got a bone to pick. This is my first pick of the week is this bone that I have with Cynthia Freeland. Now, if you're not familiar with Cynthia Freeland, she is the uh, quote-unquote analytical expert that... Cameos, moonlights, whatever you want to call it, on NFL Network. As this person who makes these picks, she really puts herself out on a limb, trust me. Swanson, did you see her picks from last week? Yeah, they were uh, pretty fire takes. They were really going on a limb. Yeah, I mean, look, look. I see this girl. I consume as much NFL content as anyone out there. So I'm reading, I'm watching NFL Network. I'm on NFL Instagram, NFL.com, etc. And all I can see is this Cynthia Freeland girl. And look, I'm sure she's a smart person. She knows the game pretty well. But in I have a problem with her content in that we see her line up these picks. And I think in those picks, they were all along the lines of like 23 to 24, 27 to 21, 20 to 23. Like really not bold picks whatsoever in any way, any shape or fashion. Like you could just pick every game in the league to be 20-something and 20-something and who's going to call you out for me? Like, right? Like, you can't... Like, you're like, oh, yeah, I thought it was going to be close for these reasons. You know? I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I feel like you got to put yourself on a limb when you have that national stage. Like, show your chops. Yeah. Like, take you're, a risk. If you're going to be the analytical expert, I want to hear some, like, score gommies. When yeah. you're, like, 15 to 6. Yeah. I mean, I would have to go back and check what she had Ravens, Dolphins at this past week. But she probably called, like, a... Uh, 24-17 Ravens victory. And it's like, okay, that's a safe pick. And what do you expect? Swinesight is twenty twenty, as we all know, Swanson. Swinesight is twenty twenty. We go back and we pick her apart. <laughs> but, like, let's go into this Sunday, Cynthia, because I'm sure you're a listener too. Um, Cynthia, let's go into this Sunday. Let's, uh, let's, let's put it on the table a little bit, right? Let's let it all hang out. Let's make some picks. That are kind of probably more in line with some of the blowouts that we're likely going to see this week. And just pick them, right? And and back them up. And then we'll see how it plays out, right? Get judged. That's fine. We want you to. But but give us something compelling to watch, Cynthia, please. All right. Um, let's get on to picks now, huh? 
On to the Three-Eyed Hogcast Picks of the Week. Here we go. Um, we've got some good college action this week. We've got some fishy lines. I like what I'm seeing from a, from a picks perspective. I think we're going to get rich this weekend. Um, I'd be lying to you if, we, if I said that I didn't think we were going to get rich every weekend, but especially this weekend. So let's, uh, let's get into the action. So bring back everyone's favorite new segment... Uncle Jake's Lock of the Week. Now, a little backstory on Uncle Jake. Um, Uncle Jake is one of the most prolific pony bettors that I have ever laid eyes on. The guy knows how to pick the ponies. And, look, you go out with the guy. He's on his phone in the corner watching some no-name horse race. He's making money. He's picking these trifectas. And uh, the kid, the kid crushes it. You know, you got these like third tier horse races that somehow he's got these stats, and I don't know ponies, so so I'll leave it to him. But uh, but hey, he's got the college picks this year. Me and Swan are gonna pitch in some college picks of our own this year, and uh, we'll do a little round robin tournament. We'll figure out what uh, what needs to be done to uh, you know to. Uh, bring this one into a world where we can uh, gamble amongst ourselves and have an end-of-season kind of uh, uh, showdown between the three of us. But to get on to Uncle Jake's lock of the week for this weekend, games of September 13th and 14th. He's one to know so far. Uh, let me read out Jake's segment here. If you were watching last week's Texas A&M cover, you're shaking your head, but you're also hopefully enjoying the fruits of your hard labor. In betting, the only thing that matters is the final results, not the fact that Clemson obviously beats the living hell out of the team that you bet on for all but two minutes of the game. It's true. This week's pick is a simple one. Maryland kicked the crap out of Howard. 79-0. Whatever. That means nothing. It's Howard. What we didn't expect, and we didn't expect it at all, was they just put down Syracuse 63-20 to at a full drubbing. And Syracuse has been a good team the past couple years. So, Jake's pick this week, he says, take Maryland, minus seven. Uh, mean reversion aside, the Temple Owls will not be able to figure out this suddenly explosive Maryland offense time to beat it. Is a fishy line? Yes, it's a fishy line. Maybe it is. But you miss 100% of the bets you don't make. Um, we, uh, we're bringing back our favorite scaling factor for our, uh, for our units on this pick. Uh, financial crisis, size, scale. Uh, Jake says you're going to want to reverse mortgage your car on this one. Go to the bank tomorrow, get the reverse mortgage on, give them the deed, and throw cash on Maryland. Bye, bye, bye. Okay? If you don't have a car, just throw 30 units down and call it a day. Okay, cool. Um, Make sure you bring your, throw your bike in the trunk of your car, take your car to the bank. Yeah, Ride your bike to the book. Ride your bike to the book. Get rich. And get rich. And look, you you don't even have to go back to the book. Like, just go go buy that dream car you've always been asking for. You know, it's like, whatever. That's free money. That's free money in the bank. Okay, next pick here. Swanson, I have uh, North Carolina plus three at Wake Forest. I think the Tar Heels are a great, great pick this week. We've got Mac Brown with the best and the most old man swag in college football. The guy was in the booth for a while. He comes back. He's coaching North Carolina. He's dancing in the locker room. He's having a great time. The white-haired wonder. He's got North Carolina. They've beaten South Carolina. 
in the SEC, and they've beaten Miami in their first two games. Uh, close games, but, you know, those are the types of games you need to win late in the season. They're getting three points at Wake Forest, and I don't see how this is, makes sense. Wake Forest has beat uh, Utah State and Rice, right? So uh, that doesn't impress me. 2-0, that might as well be 0-0. No game so far. Tar Heels, final, plus three. Take the Tar Heels. They're going to go ahead to Winston-Salem on Friday night, and they're going to dominate the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, just like Julius Peppers dominated his college classes by submitting two-paragraph papers at the end of every semester. That's that's what he did, and he got A's or whatever. He got passed, and he went on to make millions and millions of dollars in the NFL. So he dominated, and uh, Tar Heels are going to dominate. They're going to roll this weekend. Hammer the Tar Heels. Swanson, what do you got for college games here? So I'm going to throw you a curveball. I know uh, what I said previously, but I'm still betting the Pitt Penn State Pitt Penn State game. Take Penn State minus seventeen and a half. The Pitt Panthers are not a good program. They got absolutely trounced by the same Penn State team. I believe it was 52-6 to six last season. The, the Nittany Lions just have too much speed on offense. Um, that I don't know if you know the DN for Penn State 99, Gross Matos. Yes, his last name is Gross Matos. Gross, the guy's going to be a wagon. He's going to be a wagon, and I would be surprised if Pitt can block him up. Yeah, he's going to be. Um, he's going to be fucking things up. Hand up, Swanee. I know. I know nothing about the guy, but his first name is Gross. And if you can't, no, if you can't, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hyphenated name. Okay. Gross Matos. Okay. Nonetheless, the Panthers lost to the Virginia Cavaliers by 16 at home. So I expect them to lose by at least 18 in Abbey Valley on Saturday. So that is my Super Duty Lock of the Week. Super Duty Lock of the Week. I have to say I'm surprised. Um, As a Yinzer through and through, even though you come from the far suburb of Erie, uh, I would expect a biased take on the Pitt Panthers this year. Uh, through some frivolous connection that you might have with the program. That's what I would have done. Um, but I respect your pick even more because you're willing to toss geographical allegiances aside and hammer the Nitty Lions. There you have it. We got uh, we got Maryland. Um, we got Maryland minus 7 over Temple. We got UNC plus 3 over Wake Forest. And we've got Penn State... Minus 17 and a half over the, over the Pitt Panthers. So let's get on to this week's NFL action. What you've all been waiting for are free money locks of the week. Um, we're going to be just talking a little bit through a couple of bullets we got on each of these games. Talk about our picks. Um, we'll, we'll be similar on a lot of picks. We'll vary on some picks. Um, and, you know... The Hogs probably going to be right on all the picks, and uh, we'll see if Swanson can keep up. Uh, that sound good to you, uh, Swanee? I'm with it. I'm ready to spread my wings. All right, let's uh, let's fly. Um, all right, first game of the week, Panthers-Bucks. Um, we get the Thurs 
Mavericks hosting the Bucks, minus six and a half, at home. They looked really good against the Rams last week. Um, I'm not that confident in the Buccaneers' defense, to be honest with you. And uh, even though Cam, like Cam's got this thing going on where you know he's throwing ten yard outs, and it looks like he's trying to heave the ball seventy yards down the field because he's got such a bad shoulder. He's got to throw his whole body into it. In either case, I actually I really like the Panthers in this one. McCaffrey's awesome. Their offensive line looked pretty good. And uh, if not for a couple bad breaks in that Rams game, uh, we would have seen a nice little uh, little upset in week one. Uh, but I do like the Panthers in this one. What do you think, Swan? Yeah, I like the Panthers. Buccaneers aren't very good. Christian uh, McTutties is going to be camping in the end zone. They'll beat him by double digits at home. Yeah, I mean, the, the guy is hes one of the best players in the league. He's proving that. He's really coming out. Like, it's a shame he's in Carolina, kind of a small small uh, market. But, you know, if he was in, like, a Saquon market, he would be getting all the attention that Saquon's getting as one of the really, really best players in the league. And I, I think he is getting a lot of attention. But um, the guy's a stud. So, can't wait to watch him Thursday yeah. nights. Um, next game here. Um, so, so we're both on the Panthers train in that one. Next game, uh, one of the more ridiculous lines we've seen in the NFL over the past couple of years. We've got, uh, and it's not ridiculous in the fact that it's outlandish. It's ridiculous in the fact that it is the number that it is. Uh, the Patriots are on the road in Miami, and they are minus 19 as of the filming of this uh, podcast. So, Patriots minus 19. What do we think about it? Three touchdowns? Yeah, I think it could happen. It could be a 28-7 game. Um, I think it could be a blowout. But I just I have a feeling that because there's all this public favor on the Pats, even with the line movement, that the Brian Flores revenge game, Brian Flores being the former defensive assistant in New England, uh, called the defense last year. He's now the coach of Miami. I think there's going to be some uh, regression to the mean after such a beatdown in week one that they took from the Ravens. Uh, they're not going to lose by 49 points again, that's for sure. And uh, they're a bad team, but they're not that bad. And, and at the end of the day, in the NFL, no loss is ever as bad as it seems, and no victory is ever as good as it seems. You look on the film, you see things to correct. I think the Dolphins are going to come back. They're going to give a little bit of a fight. They're not going to give too much of a fight, but they're not going to lose by over 20 points. Uh, I like Pat's 28 Dolphins 10. There it is. What do you got, Swan? I'd be a nail-biter. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The Pats always struggle in Miami. Lost the past two uh, matchups down there. They're, they have to go up against their old coordinator. 19 is just an astronomical number. It, it opened up at 14 and a half. So that tells me that the Sharps in Vegas um, think, yeah, it'll it'll be more a more competitive game than the idiots betting. So you have to realize when the line moves that much, it's because a lot of idiots are just jumping on the fire, and they know that that they can continue to push the push the envelope in terms of what line they're offering. So. I mean, we're all yeah, idiots. So let's try to be contrarian idiots this time. And at least if we turn out to be 
really dumb with this pick, we'll we'll look like we were trying to kind of buck the trend. You know, it'll be it'll be good in Swine Sight. Um, all right, Swine. You want to take nah, it? Uh, always down to fade the public. Let's so. fade the public. They're they're idiots. Uh, so are we. But you know, let's let's we can we can twist this however we want. But we're taking yeah, at least I at least I know I'm stupid. So yeah, right. We're self aware. So. Uh, we both like the Finns in that one. So we got Panthers and Finns, unanimous picks. All right. Uh, on to Vikes at Packers. Vikes plus three at Packers. Swanson, what do you got? I I kind of want to go with the Packers. They look pretty abysmal on offense. Granted, they were playing the uh, Monsters of the Midway. And Cleo Mack truly is just... I mean, he if it, if it weren't for Aaron Donald being an unstoppable force, like he would be, without a doubt, the best defender in the league, in my opinion. But anyway, I think they um, Lafleur La was hired to be some offensive genius, and they look pretty um, pretty lethargic in the first game. So I think they're coming home. They'll uh, they'll put some points on the Vikings. Vikings are a very good team, nonetheless. But I mean. It's just one of those games where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride with Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins. I'll take the uh, I'll take the Packers like 27-17. Okay, that's fair. Look, you got a you got a home you got a home team, the Packers. New head coach is his debut. The guys are going to be riled up to perform for him. I get that. You you mentioned Matt Lafleur, right? He walks out in his first game. He trots out. He pulls out 22 personnel, which he loved in, in Tennessee when he had Marcus Mariota throwing the ball. You can't get the ball more than 20 yards down the field, right? But you pull up in a 22 formation against the best run defense in the NFL from a season ago in week one, and you rush for 2.1 yards per carry. And you committed to the run game. They, they ran the ball 22 times, and they got absolutely stuffed over and over and over and over again. So Matt LaFleur comes up with this genius, quote-unquote genius strategy, right? He's the new offensive guru in town. I think the guy's a fraud. Um, and, like, to go in with that game plan against that run D is just a heinous, heinous move. And, look, their offense was was saved by one third-string safety biting on a play action. Um, and then completing a 47-yarder over the top to Marcus Valdez Scantling, that's fine. Good for them, right? But uh, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not enthralled by this this offense. And given the dominance of the Minnesota defensive front throughout the first half on Sunday against the Falcons, this is a good defense, right? And if Lafleur comes in with this garbage, you know, uh, freaking game plan. Uh, to run the ball up the gut against a very good run defense in Minnesota as well, he's going to get burned, right? Um, and I don't think he's smart enough to overcome that, given the fact that he had an entire offseason to prep for the Bears, and he came out with a trash game plan. So, for that reason, I am in on the Minnesota Vikings plus three in this one. So this is our first first, uh, first difference here, first uh, disagreement, Swanson. Is this... Uh, are we breaking up? We disagreed on a pick? I don't know, man. This is, uh, is a bad sign. Hopefully we can get back on the right track uh, for the rest of these picks here. Um, let's take a look at Cowboys Redskins here. I watched every... Rivalry game. It's a rivalry game. Whatever. Is it still a rivalry game? I don't know. Like, I get pretty sick and tired of the NFC East. I- I'm sure you do too. 
after living in Philly for four years. It's it's just like, are, are these teams any good? Nah, what whatever. Now, Dallas actually does look pretty good. Their defense is, is absolutely a force to be reckoned with. Demarcus Lawrence looks like the predator this season. He's huge. Uh, top, He's a beast. Top to bottom. Jalen uh, Smith and Vanderesh, best to uh, I don't know, either them and K.J. Wright and uh, Bobby Wagner, but if they're not the best inside backers, they're second best. Well, hey, they're yeah. athletic. Beast. Yeah, they're good. Fire jumping on the back end. But let me float a couple names out for you in terms of best inside linebackers only. Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan. Just think about it. Keep it in the back of your mind. And give me your pick for uh, Cowboys plus minus five in Landover, Maryland. Uh, I, yeah, I do like the – as weary as I am against um, the home underdogs and, and the Redskins, the, the Cowboys are just going to suffocate them. The Reds can suck. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I like the Cowboys putting up like 28. Redskins will give me 28-13. 28-13. I like a 28-13 pick a lot. We had Dak. Dak looked really, really good. He threw the ball. He looked the really good against a similarly bad NFC East Really team, bad. So. Really bad defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're going to see a lot of the same, I think. He's not going to put up a perfect pass rating again. He's not going to put up 400 yards again. But I think they're going to torch him. We might not see a huge game out of Zeke. You got, you know, the entire Alabama front seven from the 2015 team is playing defense for the Redskins. Um, But I do think that the Cowboys significantly outmatch the Redskins. And with a hobbled Darius Geis and, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson, where we don't know where his head's at, coming in to run the ball, I think Washington's going to have a tough time on offense. I will hammer the Cowboys minus four and a half. I will take the Cowboys, let's say the Cowboys 24, Redskins seven. Okay, so we're on the same page about the Cowboys. Um, we're back on track. Uh, Sunday Night Football. We got Eagles at Falcons. Eagles minus two in Atlanta in the pretty new stadium. We've got uh, 64% of the public taking Philly so far. I also like Philly. I look at what the Falcons did in Minnesota. We talked about this earlier. Like, you know, this Eagles D-line is good. It's a very good defensive line. They got some studs, real big hustle guys. You got an Atlanta offensive line that, quite frankly, struggled to move the ball in, uh, in the run game um, in Minnesota. They lost center Chris Lindstrom to an injury uh, during that game. Uh, they're, they're hurting a little bit. I like the Eagles to go down there. Um, I think it'll be a closer game, but I think that right now, Wentz versus Ryan, I take Wentz over Matt Ryan right now. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, 23 17 Eagles victory. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. I like um, I like the Eagles to win this. I think the line should be closer to like five, to be honest. Because I don't really know how the, the, the Falcons even... St- like, if this was on a neutral field, I think the Eagles would blow them out. And it's not like... It's not like Atlanta really... Uh, or some world beaters at home. They always seem to find a way to fuck something up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I'll take. Uh, I like the Eagles to score some points. Take uh, thirty-one twenty-three. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is going to get the ball down the field. They're in the dome. They're going to air that out. He might. He, he 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 would catch more uh, touchdowns from Wentz this year than I would from you playing the Dolphins. That's uh, that's a t- that's a tall task right there. I don't know, man. Yeah, 
man's on fire. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he can keep it up. He's historically always been in my mind a guy who's like one, every, one out of every three games, he's going to have one of those big plays, and then he'll kind of like have like a 40-yard performance, 40-yard performance, and then he'll have like two fifties again. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we both like the Eagles there. Uh, Monday Night Football. We got the Browns minus two and a half at the Jets. J-E-T-S, baby. Who do you like, Swanson? So both of these franchises are dumpster fires. They will never win anything. They're terrible. Pretty putrid. Um, That being said, I am all over the home dogs in this game. I think the... um, I think the Browns have some problems. They can't. They couldn't figure it the fuck out on the offensive or uh, defensive lines of scrimmage. I mean, they just got absolutely trounced by a Titans team that I don't think is even any that any good. Like, sure they made the playoffs like by default. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm on board. The, yeah, they made the playoffs two years yeah. ago. They missed it this past season. The Titans. They might be a good team. They got Vrabel. He's kind of a spunky guy, but hey, look. Yeah. They got they the Browns got worked up front, and what they did this off season, I think they would have been better off without this Odell trade, where they you know they they mortgage their future, and then you trade Kevin Zeitler away from yeah, trade best lineman for trade your, your best offensive lineman arguably away for you know Olivier Vernon, who's a good player, but. It, when you're sacrificing protection for, yeah. you know, spunky defensive, uh, explosive D linemen, right? Like, that's fine, but let's take a look at who's behind center. Bad protection does n- is not compatible with gunslinger quarterbacks. It's never been compatible. We got, we got Baker rolling, rolling out, like, running behind him. Look, you look at what happened when when Jay Cutler played behind Jamarcus Webb in Chicago. One of the worst left tackles to ever, ever play the game. He was running backwards every snap, and he was throwing the ball up, uh, you know, like a volleyball, and uh, got picked off quite a bit over there. So, anyways, back to the pick. The Jets at home Monday night in the black jerseys. The home dogs are going to come a-howling like the Jets in this one, and I like them in a close one. 23-20. Jets. Yeah, I like that. I'll say like... I'll say 17-14. Okay. Jets will kick out. We'll win the game at the end. Odell's going to do something asinine. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and his return to New York. He'll do something ridiculous, and we're all going to be more entertained for it. It'll be, it'll be something to watch, no doubt. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have our entertainment value there for sure. Um, next one. Uh, America's game of the week. We got the Saints plus two and a half in LA at the Rams. Rematch of the NFC Championship game. The wounds are fresh for New Orleans. They looked really good on Monday night, despite it being such a close game. They looked like a really, really good team. That offensive line is a. It is a. What do you call a group of wagons? You know how you have like a school of fish? You have a. Um, like a cackle of ravens or whatever the words are. They have these funny names, right? What is a group of wagons next to each other? Like, I don't know. It's it's a gaggle of wagons. They have a gaggle of wagons on the offensive line. You line up Teron Armstead next to Andrus Pete, next to Eric McCoy, the rookie, 
who the three eyed hog called out as potentially one of the best centers in the league this year going in, rookie out of AM, after dominating first round draft pick talent all throughout college. Um, those guys ran the damn ball against the Texans, who do not have a slouch of a defensive front. I like the Saints in LA. They're hot right now. Kamara's running the ball well. Their defense, it's okay. Um, the Rams are a different beast at home, but I like the Saints in LA. I like them 35 28. New Orleans Saints. Ooh, yeah, that's a. Um, I like the pick. I like um, whenever you can take points with New Orleans, that's uh, very sexy. But I think, um, I think the Rams are favorites in this one for. Good reason. The Saints kind of uh, Saints had to claw back in that game against the Texans, and I, I mean, I don't think the Texans are in the same class as the Rams. I think the Rams had a good win against a an improved Carolina team. Rams are coming back home. I think they'll be clicking on all cylinders. Goffson had that great of a game as a um, Jared Goff fantasy owner. You know, well, Goff, Goff, such. Goff's just inherently a different guy at home than he yeah, is. Yeah, I do like, uh, I mean, two great teams, obviously. Um, yeah, I think the Rams get them again. I'll take the I'll take the Rams 27-24. I'm going... Um, By the skin of your teeth. By the skin going, of your I'm going Symphony on that one. Yep, there we go. Hey, that's good. Um, I should correct myself. Saints look really good in the second half of that game. But as we know... All these teams nowadays, they're not playing preseason games. They have to get their half of football out of the way where they look like crap, and then the second half they roll. So, um, But anyways, we're on, we're on different pages there. You got the Rams, I got the Saints. Uh, second disagreement of the night. Next pick, your boys, Seahawks at the Steelers. Seahawks plus four right now. I'll tell you what I think, but I want your breakdown of this one first as the expert on Western Pennsylvania Interathletic League Sports. I wanna sh- I wanna know what you got for uh, I wanna know what you sure. got for the Steelers game right now. Coming right up. I will be um, I will be present and accounted for the Heinz Field. Um, hopefully hopefully not drowned in icy light but so long story short on the Patriots game, they were not ready. They have a bunch of new pieces on both sides of the ball, and not one of them looked like um, they are even football players. So they have some kinks to work out. I hope that they can take care of a what I, what I think is a lackluster uh, Seattle offense. I, it, it was pretty disappointing last week just to see how terrible their defense performed. I think they are able to. Turn their out and turn that around at home. As, as long as Tyler Lockett doesn't catch 50-yard bombs every other drive, I think they should be good. They um, they just need to get the ball to their playmakers too, whether it's uh, James Conner or Juju or Vance McDonald. I mean, not n- nobody did anything on Sunday. So yeah, coming back home, I do know if they don't, if they look like shit, they're probably gonna get booed. So yeah, I'll no- take the. Um, God, hopefully they can fucking score a touchdown. I'll take them. I'll take twenty-four, fourteen. Yeah, I, I like the Steelers this week too. I think you covered just about every base. 
I think the, the defensive secondary they're going to be facing in week two is like 30% as good, if that, as compared to the defensive secondary they played week one. The Patriots have the best secondary in the league. It's, it's not even close. They got eight guys who would be the best DB on their given team if they were placed elsewhere. It's insane. I don't know how they've amalgamated this level of talent. It's crazy. Um, so they shut down Juju and James Washington. I don't think it happens again. I like a, I like a Steelers air raid this week. I think the Seahawks have real struggles on defense. Um, and I think Pittsburgh's defense gets riled up in front of that crowd. Dude, we're going to get Renegade rolling. It's going to be awesome, dude. It's going to be awesome. And I, God, they fucking do that shit. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on uh, I'm all in on the Yinzers, Pittsburgh. I like them. I like them. 31-13, Pittsburgh. There you go. Ooh, That's I the pick. That. I hope that happens. That's the pick. Um, they'll God, they'll air it out. Fucking late if that happens. They'll they'll uh, they'll air it out, and I I really I really do like Pittsburgh in this one. Um, yeah. All right, uh, there we go. We're on the same page once again. And last game of the week, the game of the week, unequivocally, uh, everyone's going to be tuned in. It's not during the Ram- <laughs> it's it's during the Rams Saints game, but you'd be nuts to not tune into Bears Broncos. The Bears <laughs> go to Denver to face their former defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, the guy. Uh, this is a big game. Yeah, it's a big game, man. It's a big game. You got stories. They got stories. Uh, Denver just looks stinky on Monday night. Um, they have, they yeah. have, right? Like they look stinky. It was just, it was kind of sad to watch. Um, but I don't know. I think Vic is was a defensive coordinator for thirty years for a reason. I don't know if he's head coaching material. Um, that being said, I love the guy. I hope the best for him in Denver. Um, I think uh, they have a couple edge rushers that are pretty damn good in Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. They're gonna get after the passer a little bit. The problem with that is. Their interior D-line, they got some injuries. They're not as strong as they've been historically. Um, I think that their mismatches abound in the skill positions for the Bears on offense. I think Allen Robinson is still better than any corner they're going to trot out. I think hopefully we get Trey Burton back. He'll be a problem in the middle of that defense. Uh, Defensively, uh, if Joe Flacco – Swanson, here's my my take. If Joe Flacco walks out of the stadium, and again, our favorite – you know, non-three-eyed hog uh, podcasters slash bloggers have a similar take, but I don't think Joe Flacco walks out of that stadium. I think we have there's too much talent in the D-line of the Bears. We have Roy Robertson-Harris, who had an unbelievable breakout game on Thursday night. Number 95, keep an eye out for him on the Bears. Uh, he was a rotation guy last year. It looks like he's taking the next step to be a real impact guy. Um, the receivers in the Broncos just can't play one-on-one football with the Bears' DBs. I'm just hoping we don't get beat deep. Uh, I don't think Eddie Jackson's going to let that happen. Uh, I think the Bears absolutely trounce the Denver Broncos in Denver. Um, give me Bears. Uh, and look, this line being two and a half, it's insane, right? 67% of people are taking Chicago. Two and a half is like way too small. I would take this line if it was minus 25, okay? I like the Bears 38. I like the Broncos 7. Done. What do you guys want? Yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, I would also take this line all the way up to seven, probably. I, yeah, the Broncos aren't good. Uh, I mean, outside of it's crazy what a, like they had a championship defense, and outside of Bradley Chubb and uh, Von Miller at this point, it's pretty. Um, I guess they still have Chris Harris, but 
he's uh, past his prime, but I can't, yeah. The, there, there's not much that Denver has going on for them. Joe Flacco isn't a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. And uh, they aren't a good team. I hope he throws to Emmanuel Sanders, but other than that, I'll take the um, – I, I, I foresee Khalil Mack having at least one turnover. Yeah, I would take like to see, I'd, I'd certainly like to see a turnover this week after a turnover um, in week one. Yeah, I'll take the Bears – 30 to 13. 30-13. I'll take that. I'll take that. Either way, we got a resounding Bears victory. We'll have some victory beefs after the game. I couldn't be more excited. Um, yeah. And we got our picks in. So, you know. What's just, uh, which which ones do we differ on again? We Okay, so we're on the same page with the Panthers. We're on the same page with the Dolphins. We differ on Vikings, Packers. I got Vikings. You got Packers. Um, we both got the Cowboys. We both got the Eagles. Both got the Jets. I got the Saints. You got the Rams. Let's see. Let's. That's gonna be a good game. That's gonna be a hell of a game. Uh, we both got the Steelers, and we both got the Bears. Totally unbiased hometown picks. Okay. Totally unbiased. Um, anyways, um, those are our picks for the week. That is the three-eyed hog cast. Thanks for sticking with us for all this time. Uh, we promise it'll be worth your while when you are rolling in cash moolah come Sunday night. Um, everyone enjoy uh, enjoy your weekends, and we'll talk to you again next week. Swanson, first 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 pod, how'd it go? Oh, great. Thank you, uh, thank you all for being here with me. Have a uh, blessed and safe weekend. And uh, go go Bears. Yeah, go Steelers. All Hopefully right. the, the Panthers don't get too embarrassed though. Yeah, let's get off to a hot start here tomorrow night, Carolina. I need uh, I need Riverboat Ron to uh, get the ball rolling for us. Um, anyways, thanks everyone. Uh, talk to you next week.
I know 